Star Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete, here's Sal Licata. Well, the Mets can't embarrass themselves today, at least I don't think, as they are off. And obviously the headlines of today's paper, we discussed it all yesterday about Mickey and the blunder and all that nonsense, which I do think is a big deal over nothing. I shouldn't say nothing. Who cares, all right? It's a stupid mistake. It's unacceptable. shouldn't happen. It's not why they lost the game. It's not why they've been miserable for the last 21 ball games. And, you know, on the flip side, when we last left you last night, the Yankees and Red Sox uh, were playing a good ball game and tight battle there. You thought just maybe, just maybe somehow the Yankees might actually, I know it's hard to believe, they might actually lose a ball game. And then you're watching, and I'm over there at SNY before we do the show late, and we're watching it, and we're discussing things. Hey, do you think the Yankees are coming back? I, I, my answer was I always think the Yankees are coming back and going to win. But deep down in my gut, look, they're not going to win every game. I mean, at least I don't think, so probably not tonight. Sure enough, as soon as I say that, boom, 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 here come the Yankees. They, uh, you know, basically neuter Craig Kimbrell, the closer of the Red Sox, and they embarrass the Red Sox, kick their doors in after being down late in that ball game. Aaron Judge with a la- another laser beam in center field uh, for the two-run shot, and the Yanks run away with another one against the Red Sox, 17 of 18 now. And you go back to, as I was talking about yesterday, the Mets on April 16th, that devastating loss to the Nationals. They haven't been the same since, going 6-15 and over the 21 games since. And the Yankees, a day later, April 17th, lost to the Marlins. And I remember discussing this, saying... You know, maybe they have a problem here. I mean, how could the New York Yankees lose to the Miami Marlins? I, I don't care. I understand some teams in the look. It's the major leagues, and you figure some teams on on any given night are going to win a ball game. Marlins should never be able to go into Yankee Stadium and win a game. And the Yankees lost that game with Tanaka on the mound to the Marlins. That was the Tuesday after the Mets blew that lead late to the Nationals. And really, the Yanks have lost two games since. I mean, the, the Yankees, that game was was maybe where you started to think, maybe this team is going to struggle a little bit. They were 9-9 nine and nine at the time, and you know what? They're now 17 of 18, or I don't know if they're exactly 9-9 nine and nine at the time, but the Yankees got to 9-9 nine and nine after that loss, uh, and then were, have won 17 of 18 ball games. I mean, it's ridiculous to look at what they've done since. So it's been about three and a half weeks of the Yankees winning and the Mets losing nonstop. Enough to drive you nuts. 800-321-0710. 800-321-0710 is the number to call. Yanks in action tonight. Again, their third game uh, of that three-game set with the Red Sox at home. Yanks looking for the sweep. CeCe Sabathia on the mound. Why would you think anything other than a sweep? Sabathia has basically been the best pitcher in Major League Baseball. I mean, you look at what the Yanks have done. It is remarkable. Every area of the ball club. The bullpen has even lost guys and been underperforming, but even when they do, somebody else picks them up. The lineup is so deep that you don't even care that John Carl Stanton has struck out it seemingly almost every time he's gone up uh, to bat. I mean, Aaron Judge is a bona fide superstar. When people doubted him last year, he went out and had an MVP-type year. Then you worried, okay, maybe the sophomore jinx, second-year slump from Judge. He has picked up right where he left off. He is a legit superstar. He's not just a power hitter. He is a superstar. D.D. Gregorius, the MVP last year, had a tremendous first six weeks of the season. All right, maybe he's cooled off a little bit as of late, but you know what type of player he is. Gary Sanchez hasn't even fully gotten going yet. Greg Bird is hurt. Glaber Torres didn't start the year with him. He comes up, and the Yankees basically haven't lost since, whether it's his defense or timely hitting. Shall I continue? And Duhar contributing earlier on when he first came up. Okay, now he's starting to struggle. Guess what? $4 million man Neil Walker is going to start to produce. 
you know, Bird will come back in a few weeks and he'll start hitting homers from the left side. Gardner may be seeming like he's struggling, but in a big spot, he gets a base hit. It doesn't end with the lineup. I don't want to give you the flip side of what we've seen in Queens because you know how that lineup looks in contrast. The Yanks starting rotation. Everybody says, okay, that's the question mark. When are the Yanks going to get another starter? Who is the other starter going to be? Oh, man, they missed out on Garrett Cole. What a mistake by Brian Cashman. Garrett Cole lighting it up with the Astros. Well, I mean, look at the Yanks starting rotation. Severino has been a legit dominant ace every sense of the word. One bad outing up in Fenway Park this year. Tanaka, okay, maybe a little inconsistent, but for the most part, he's been good. Even Sonny Gray, for goodness sake, the last two starts has turned it around. Sabathia, as I mentioned. Montgomery goes down, and they they give you a guy you never heard of. Domingo Herman fills in. Guy basically doesn't give up any hits. Chapman's been unhittable, throwing 102. And the Yankees can't be beat. Will they ever lose again? I'm serious. Draw up a scenario how to beat this team. Because I don't have it. If their offense is struggling, you know what? The pitching does the job. If the pitching is struggling, the offense wins the ball game. The bullpen gives it up. They come right back. They're never out of it. It never ends. They are, I mean, and we knew this coming in. I understand that, that on paper they were a juggernaut. Off of last year, ALCS Game 7, you knew the Yankees were a juggernaut. I thought the addition of Stanton actually hurt them. I didn't know how it was going to work in the clubhouse. I didn't think they needed John Carlos Stanton. And by the way, I've been proven correct. They don't need John Carlos Stanton. He's done nothing. So they don't need him. Oh, but do you see his batting practice homers? Oh, what about the multi-home run games? Please. Means nothing. John Carl Stanton has not had the type of year that you would expect from a reigning MVP. Hey, the multi-homer games, one of them was a couple of nights ago, the other was opening day. What, what about in between? So his impact has not been felt on this team, but doesn't matter because they continue to win. And they're so deep, doesn't matter. But you thought coming in they would be the odds-on favorite to win a World Series, certainly win the division, go to the playoffs. And then the way it started, at least for me, I started to think, look, April sometimes can be the trend. It's not too early. It can be the trend. Look at what happened last year. Yanks got off to a hot start, and they never looked back. And that was with no expectations. Maybe this year they would be a team that struggles a little bit. The back end of the, they were having bad signs, bad defense. Bullpen wasn't as dominant as you thought it would be. You figured the starters would fall apart. Um, you know, I, I, at least behind Severino, you can't trust Sabathia, can you? He was injured. Can't trust Tanaka every day. Sonny Gray was pitiful. And they've turned it around, and they don't lose any ball games, and they're never out of it. And that place at Yankee Stadium last night was rocking. The new Yankee Stadium. I don't remember it rocking like that. I don't even, and not even in 2009, their championship year. Their last championship year. Crowd is into it. Everybody's excited. City's on fire with the New York Yankees once again. The Mets, it's about batting out of order. You don't even have to flip to the backside of the Daily News today. You read the front page, and it's about Mickey Calloway's blunder and about the Mets struggling and after their 12-2 and start have gone into the tank since. So if you are a Mets fan, it's not enough that the team has 
been struggling in recent weeks. It's not enough that the team got swept in six games on their recent homestand. Not enough that there's been issues with the former face of the franchise, the Dark Knight of Gotham, and to a point where he had to be DFA'd and then traded to the Cincinnati Reds before he could even hit free agency. Not enough that they lost two out of three. Two said Cincinnati Reds, the worst team in Major League Baseball. Not enough with the batting out of order by the manager and that embarrassment and all that comes with it. You also have to deal with the New York Yankees who do not lose a ball game. Add it all up, it is extremely frustrating. More details with the Mets and Yanks, for that matter, on on the other side. we got two pairs of Mets tickets to give away. We'll talk to Bobby Valentine, former manager of the Mets, at 635. We'll do plenty of Yankees and Mets in the first hour of the show. We'll get into some other stuff a little bit later on, maybe get a feel from Detroit uh, in regards to Matt Patricia and the stuff that's going on with him. Can do some NBA playoffs, uh, NHL Game 7 tonight. There's a big one there, but mostly baseball uh, will carry us through. Mets issues, Yankees, great success. Will they ever? Never lose again. 800-321-0710. The number to call just getting started. Sports Zone. Take it on 9 o'clock. Salicata in for Pete McCarthy. The Voice of New York. 710 WOR. You're in the WOR Sports Zone. In for Pete. Here's Sal Licata. Everything going right for the Yankees. Everything going wrong for the Mets. You just hope it's not as bad for the Mets right now. Uh, you know, you hope that you know they're not as bad as they're playing right now. You hope they somehow get out of this funk. It's got to start tomorrow in Philadelphia. Big three-game series with the Phillies, who are, of course, in front of them in the standings at this point. Coverage begins 6.05 tomorrow. Mets at Phils. Matt's on the mound tomorrow. Then you have Syndergaard, DeGrom. So, look, this is a series they have to win. I mean, really, to get back to the good feel that you once had about this club, they need to sweep the Phillies. And just to pull, let's, for now at least, put this to bed with the batting out of order nonsense that happened. You know, everybody's going to make a big deal about it all over the papers, as we mentioned. It's, that's not why they lost the game. It's not why they've lost six, you know, it's not why they're six and 15 over the last three weeks. It's a very little thing. Good for Callaway taking accountability for it. It's not the end of the world. And I just saw an article, I guess Christy Acker of the Daily News is going to, this will be in tomorrow's paper. I saw her tweet it, or somebody tweeted from the Daily News about how, oh, put down the pitchforks and, you know, leave Mickey Callaway alone. It's not his fault. It's the way the team is built. Who's saying it's Callaway's fault? I mean, he's not going anywhere. Who thinks that this is all on Mickey Callaway? He's had a few weeks good, a few weeks bad. It's not him, it's the team. And she goes on to say that blame the construction of the roster, which I would agree with more. We discussed it last night. It's about the guys on the team that aren't performing. But you can criticize all the moves you want. The, the, the trades that didn't happen, the, you know, free agent acquisitions that did happen really has nothing to do with even those guys. Those are fringe players. Has to do with Michael Conforto. Has to do with the pitching staff being a disappointment. That's where this team is built, and those guys aren't producing. Syndergaard, Conforto, Cespedes. I mean, outside of Cabrera and excuse me, outside of Cabrera and Gazelman, I mean, you could throw Degrom in there too. Nobody's doing their job. How do you expect the team to win? But the manager isn't going anywhere. And you, look, th- this team at some point is going to have to develop some young players, the same way the other teams have. Not just the Yankees. Cubs, Braves, etc. Look around. Astros, obviously. 
Mets need to develop some young stars, and they haven't. That is the biggest problem with this organization right now. And if they don't win in a win-now year, it's not going to get any better in the future. That's alarming. Uh, Go get Manny Machado. That will help. Not even the final piece. That will help. But there are moves that they've there are moves that they've had to make for quite some time, and they haven't made the big franchise changing move. They traded for Cespedes in fifteen. That was a necessary move. That was a that was not a changing of the franchise. It didn't change the look of the team. They haven't done that yet. They added Cespedes at a necessity. Had to have a guy like that. Now it's to a point, and really has been, that they need to change it up a little bit. Instead of being built on those young arms, you cannot rely on that anymore. So whether it's trading some of those guys and bringing in other pieces, whether it's bringing in a marquee free agent, not Todd Frazier and Jay Bruce type guys, that's what they need. Doesn't mean they can't turn around and win some ball games this year. Look, I picked them to win the division. Uh, would I, If I had to start from scratch, would I pick them right now on May 10th to win the division? Probably not, but I'm still sticking with it. I haven't seen enough to back off. The Nats haven't been that good. I know they're on the run right now, but I'm not that impressed with the Nationals. One of the reasons why I was making that pick. Mets have been certainly disappointing, but even being disappointing, they're still right now a game over 500. Could be worse. Has been a lot worse. So it's not time to go completely nuts just yet, but they have to start playing some good baseball here sooner than later. Allen in Queens. What's up, Allen? Hi, uh, Sal. How are you doing? Good. What's up? I think that they made a mistake. the Boston manager Cora made a mistake. He should have shortened up the outing of Chris Sale on Sunday, five or six innings, and pitched him this Thursday. On how many days rest? Three days rest. But oh, why would you do that? Why? It, it's it's a May game against the Yankees, Alan. It's not Game Three of the uh, division series or championship it, series. It's still a game against the Yankees, and you like to put your best in. And they could have really taken him out after five or six innings because they had a big lead. Alan, did they put their best in last night in the eighth inning trying to protect the lead with Craig Kimbrell? Yes. How'd that work out? Not too good. Yeah, not too good because it doesn't matter, Alan. Look, I understand you want to beat the Yankees. You're not going to bring back Chris Sale on three days rest to try to go against the Yankees in a series in May. I mean, come on. It's just not realistic. And even so, the Yankees, watch the Yankees tattoo him anyway. Does it matter? They'll work. Look what they did to Houston. I mean, the Astros had good pitching in almost every one of those games. Great starting pitching. They still only won one of them. Jeff in Connecticut, you're on the Voice of New York 710 WOR. What's up, Jeff? Jeff, you there? Guess not. Uh, Alex is in Queens. Alex, I got. I just want to say this before you start to talk. If the word, if the name Jose Reyes comes out of your mouth, I'm hanging up the phone. So get to your point. But if you say anything about Jose Reyes, I'm hanging up on you. Go ahead. Oh, you mean the guy that you said they would win the division? Uh, there you go, Alex. I'm not, I didn't even give a chance. Yeah, I did say the, the Mets were going to win the division. This is just in case you don't know, if you're not familiar, this guy creates multiple Twitter accounts and tweets at anybody who has anything to do with New York sports, ripping Jose Reyes left and right. He calls the shows under different names every single day, uh, talking about Jose Reyes. And uh, look, I gave, him a ch- I gave him a warning, and he couldn't even get through it. Either the next words out of your mouth or guilty or not guilty. I think I get the point. No, Alex, I don't think you do. Joe is in Hershey. Joe, you're on The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. Hey, Sal, how you doing? Yo, what's up, Joe? Um, all right. Well, life's more mess, man. You know, a little disgusted and stuff like that. The one thing that really puzzles me is, like, uh, 
you know, like with Swarzak and stuff, like in terms of like the injuries and stuff, I just don't want to go back to where, you know, we think they're going to come back and then all of a sudden he gets transferred to the 60-day DL because Ramos is killing us. He is absolutely a real waste. He, he really is. In terms of catching, I love the, uh, uh, the, the Devin Mazarosco move. I mean, I can see he made a difference right away with Wheeler and stuff, just his professionalism behind the plate. But we definitely do need a big-time catcher. We really do. Yeah, look, a uh, cu- couple of things, Joe, and I'll let you stay on the line here. Ramos has been bad. You can't trust him. He can't even get through an inning without making you nervous. We know he walks the ballpark. Forget even the home run. He's got major control issues. That's nothing new with Ramos. That's the same thing. Catching has been an issue. It has been a black hole for this team for years, and for whatever reason, they neglect to address it. They could have had Jonathan Lucroy for cheap this offseason. They didn't want that. They thought the best plan was to go ahead with Puecki and Darno. Obviously, with the guys getting injured, that hasn't worked out. Now, even when healthy, those guys have been suspects. So I, they needed an upgrade of catching desperately. Is Devin Mazzarocco the answer? No, but at, or at least I wouldn't think so, but at least he's an upgrade over what they've had since those injuries. Absolutely. And as far as the uh, starting rotation is concerned, um, you know, once if Swarzak comes back, God willing, he does. I mean, we really need him. Would you take? I'm leaving Gazelman in the bullpen, but would you take Lugo? I think I'd put him in the starting rotation because we're going to need it. I, I think mean, I think that has to come soon, Joe. And thank you for the call. I think that's next. I'm not touching Gazelman. Gazelman's a weapon that not he's not only a weapon now. Now he's a necessity in the pen. At first, it was a luxury to have those guys back there. Now Gazelman is the guy in the bullpen. It's Gazelman and Familia. That's it. Those are the two guys you trust. That's it. Swarzak, who knows when he's coming back. And they're going to, Blevins can't get anybody out. And uh, again, Ramos is questionable. Seawald up and down. So these guys have all been overworked as well. They're going to have to limit the use. At some point, you figure Gazelman is going to, it's going to wear off. But that hasn't been the case yet with him. But I think Lugo eventually is going to have to be in the starting. Here's the thing. If Jason Vargas can't be competitive in starts, they have a major, major problem because they paid him two years, $16 million. This is not a one-year deal, not a minor league deal where they could just get rid of him and open up the spot for Lugo. Usually these things work themselves out, but right now it's a problem. I think for sure it's going to, well, obviously it's Syndergaard, DeGrom, Matz is going to, he's not going anywhere. They have no choice. Has to work through it and turn it around. And obviously Wheeler is going to be there. Wheeler's not going to be great, but he'll be consistent enough or decent enough to be a back end guy. The question is, can Vargas be competitive in these starts? If not, you have to go to Lugo. You have to flip flop them. Now, I don't know what use Vargas is then, but it's a problem. I mean, what am I supposed to do as a Met fan? I'm trying to raise my niece and nephew, my nephew Joey on the weekends, my niece Riley, trying to get them to watch these games with me and get into the Mets, and they can't win. It's bad baseball. Meanwhile, you flip the channels, you watch the Yankees, and they can't lose. It's frustrating. It's hard to take. And it's not like the Mets won the World Series in 2015. 32 years and counting. At what point is it going to change? 803. This is supposed to be the Mets window, and the Yankees were supposed to be rebuilding to boot. I mean, come on. If you can't win when the Yankees are supposed to be rebuilding, and it's supposed to be the Mets window to win, and they can't even have a better year now, I mean, when's it going to happen? 
800-321-0710. Mets tickets give away. We'll do a pair next hour and a pair in the 8 o'clock hour. Former manager of the New York Mets, Bobby Valentine, will join us on the other side. It's the Sports Zone with Sal Licata, the voice in filling in for Pete McCarthy on the Voice of New York 710 WOR. Today. This is the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete McCarthy, here's Sal Licata. Yankees look to make it 18 of 19. I mean, is this... I know the team is great. They're loaded. Are they Are they as good as the 98 team, 20-year anniversary? Boy, what a way to celebrate that uh, in style. The Yanks playing some terrific baseball here. Can they make it 18 of 19 and sweep away the Boston Red Sox? It's CC Sabathia and Eduardo Rodriguez tonight, the pitching matchup. Mets off today, obviously. That's why I'm here. They resume play tomorrow in Philadelphia. What will be a big series for the Mets? This is a series, look, we all thought... Okay, after, you know, after San Diego, after taking two or three in San Diego, you figure, all right, Mets come back home. Maybe they get back going in the positive, uh, you know, direction here. Start winning some of these ball games. They get swept. Okay, bad enough to get swept by the Braves, but then they get followed up. You get swept by the Rockies. Then you're thinking, all right, get out of New York. Get me to Cincinnati. Go get fat on one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball. Go at least take two of three. I mean, really, you should sweep the Reds if you want to do any serious damage this year. Really, you should sweep the Reds, but at least take two of three. And, of course, they end up losing two out of three. Well, now they're in a predicament where they have to win this series against the Phillies. I mean, the, the it's already starting to cave in on them right now with all that's going on, whether it's the injury bug a little bit, the batting out of order stuff, all that nonsense, and obviously losing ball games. They they get they lose to the Phillies here. They're in trouble, especially with Syndergaard and Degrom on the mound. They have to win the games that though obviously they have to win the two games or the games that those two start, and they haven't been doing that. I think they've lost at least the last three. They started out five and zero with Syndergaard, if I'm not mistaken. They've lost probably the last three of his starts. Can't happen. Got to win when those guys are on the mound because the other guys aren't even competitive right now at the back ends of that rotation. So it's a big series for the Mets in Philadelphia. Right now, we get to talk to a former Met manager, Bobby Valentine. And look, Bobby, I'm I'm sure you're uh, aware of it by now. Have you ever been a part of a game, whether it's in the minor league level, major league level, where the team you're on is batted out of order? Wow. Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, But that's, you know, 4,000 games or so. So I don't remember all of them. How how big of a mistake is that, Bobby? I mean, look, Mickey Callaway's getting ripped for it, first-year manager. I like Callaway. I think he's a good manager or has the potential to be a good manager. But in today's game, we have so many guys, first-time big league managers, and now you have it the first time the Mets have batted out of order since the 70s, only the second time in the history of the franchise. How big a mistake is that? Well, it's a, it's a pretty big mistake. Uh, you, you have to understand what your lineup is in your head if nothing else and know that it's not the correct one when it walks up there but um, you know I kept hearing about a computer that maybe they put the lineup in a computer now and the computer generates everything and it was just a you know some kind of miss uh, spell but you know they what used to be the case and I bet it's still the case is when you go to home plate you have three copies of your lineup card and you give them all to the umpire, and he looks at them, and he makes sure that they're all the same. Then he gives one to the visiting team, he keeps one, and then he gives one back to you. The gig there, then, is to go take that lineup card, the small card, and go and match it to the card that's on the wall of the dugout. 
that's that way you know that the other team is playing with the same lineup that you're playing with. It it, it was a it was a, a a mistake, and I'm sure they wish it wasn't an off day today because it uh, becomes a, a mistake for two days. Yeah, right. You'd rather just get get another yeah. game in and and have it go away. Uh, I just want to know the now. Look, maybe you're right. Maybe it's changed with the computer stuff. They talked about somebody input in the computer, then they had the wrong one. Two questions though for you. Number one, were you the one to walk it out to the umpire? I don't recall uh, watching you back then. Were you no. the one? Oh, not not often. No, not often. Okay, and what was the no, process? I- go ahead. Take me through the process of putting yours together. Well, it changed over the years, obviously. And, you know, when I was a coach for uh, Davy Johnson, I used to do some of the lineup matching. So, you know, I would take it up and give it to the umpire, then go back into the dugout before the game started. I literally have that card beside the lineup card that's on the wall and matching it up. Um, You know, I don't think that we should make it such a big deal. It was a mistake. Uh, It's not. You know, it's it's not uh, punishable by death. It, it's one of those things. It's a learning moment, and you know, when you when you don't do it often, or you haven't done it in the past, then you're not in the routine of checking it. And by God, I know that I would go over to lineup sometimes and in the in the uh, dugout and just check what was in my head with what was uh, on the lineup card because, uh, you know, you, you go through so many lineups in your head before the game and people are getting scratched and, and you're inputting people in different spots than they're normally in. So, yeah, you know, it, it is paramount to know your lineup and their lineup because that's what you're doing during the game. You're, you're rolling through the innings and rolling through your lineup and their lineup and making – the plan for what you're going to do as the things go on. This happened to be in the first inning. So, um, you know, maybe everyone didn't get into that process yet. Yeah, and look, we're talking about former Mets manager Bobby Valentine. I agree with you, Bobby. It's not that – I mean, look, it's bad. It's not that big of a deal. Now, Callaway was accountable afterwards, saying that maybe it even cost him the game. I disagree with that. I don't think that cost him the game. What about this Mets team here? I mean, they get out to the 12-2 and start. They're on fire, and then all of a sudden they go into the tank. They lose that horrific game to the Nationals back on April 16th. They have been 6-15 and since. What have you seen here overall in the first month and a half of this season with the Mets? Well, you're never as good as you are when you're really hot, never as bad as you are when you're really bad. And, you know, when you start off so hot and everything is so easy, you know, those wins just seem to be ho-hum. Oh, we'll go out and win. We're not going to work for it. We're not going to think it through. And I think that 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 became a a problem, and and often it does. It looks like it might happen to, to the Red Sox also, you know, it. You know, they were magical for a couple, three weeks, and all of a sudden, you know, the hit's not falling and the pitch isn't being made. The umpire's call's not going your way. And instead of thinking that uh, it's easy, you think that it's uh, absolutely impossible. And like I say, 
it's never as hard as it looks when you're going bad and never as easy as it looks when you're going good. Yeah, and to Callaway's credit, he's trying to say the course, say the right things here. It's been such up and down that, I mean, yeah. you know, he's trying to figure it out as he goes. Is there anything to it, Bobby, the one game that they lost to the Nats, and I keep pointing back to that. Now, Ta- Callaway himself afterwards said, well, you know, it was the one bad inning. They had a 6-2 lead or something like that in the eighth inning against yeah. the Nats. They blow that game, and he said, we just it's one bad inning, can't let it create a tailspin. Six and 15 cents, in my mind, that's a tailspin. Do you think I'm making a big deal of that, or you think there's something to that type of loss to the Nats? Well, it shook them. There's no doubt about that. You know the the you know the formula was broken, and uh, you know they they were rolling over the Nats, and it seemed like they were going to just put them you know away until next year in cold storage, and all of a sudden they they gave them life um, you know in that inning, and you know. Doubt is is the worst thing that that happens to an individual when you're playing, and it's uh, also the worst thing that happens to a team. And uh, you know you got to get that that core faith, that hope, that belief back, where you you're not making it happen and questioning it if it doesn't happen. You're just you're just letting it happen. You're you you believe that it's going to work out at the end, and right now that. Uh, that belief um, is, is a little shattered, but it's baseball. There's still a, a 120 games to play, and uh, you you have no idea uh, how this season's going to turn out. Well, how do you get that back? We're talking with, of course, former Met manager Bobby Valentine. Bobby, you've been in plenty of these dugouts, plenty of teams with winning streaks, losing streaks. Yeah. How, how do you yeah. get – it's easy to have the confidence when you're winning, to your point. Now, how do you get that back when you're in a funk like this? Yeah, I, I wish it was that easy to talk about and think that somebody, anyone has that formula. If they did, they just bottle it up, sell it on the street corner, <laughs> and bill it, be a billionaire. You know, it, it it's a multitude of things. Sometimes it's just that uh, one bloop hit with the bases loaded by your eighth place in the eighth inning that that scores three runs and you come back and beat their closer, you know, and and you go, you take that deep breath and say, oh, gosh, I guess we can do that. Or sometimes it's something that someone says, either on in your clubhouse and dugout or even in their clubhouse or their dugout. Um, you know, the, what the spark is, uh, no one knows, but you do have to recognize it when when it presents itself. And, and I think that's what good fortune and luck is all about recognizing the good thing when when it occurs. Yeah, and look, on the opposite uh, opposite side of the city, you get the Yankees who can't lose a ball game. 17 of 18, looking to sweep away the aforementioned Red Sox. Uh, you think this team is just that good, Bobby, or everybody else yeah. is that bad? I mean, this team is loaded. No, they're they're very they're very good and uh the faith with them is very easy because there is expectation for everyone on that team to excel and and to do very well. Where you know, with the Mets there's a lot more doubt. Can they do it? Can this guy do it? Can the bullpen fall fall in place? Uh you know, can the young guys get better and can the old guys hang on? There's a lot of doubt there. So the faith has to be a lot stronger. 
How now? Look, you're somebody who lived it. I mean, I, I was there in the stands in yeah. 2000. You were managing this team, the Met team, against the Yankees. How difficult is it? I've been thinking about it. You know, as a Met fan, one of the worst things that you always compared to the Yankees and their greatness and all that they have. And, <laughs> you and think? yeah, exactly. And this in this particular case, Bobby, it happens to line up where the Mets go cold, the Yankees are red hot. How difficult was it for you to be a part of that? The constant comparison with the Yankees across town. Well, it's one of those uh, cards that you have to learn to play. It's ever-present, and, uh, you know, you, you can't discard it. Uh, it's always in your hand, and uh, you, you just have to have I think we lost Bobby Valentine right there. See if you could get him back up, Mark, and finish. We were ask him one question anyway, but that was a big uh, – I wanted to hear the answer to that, talking about the Mets versus Yankees comparison um, with Bobby V. For some reason, the line dropped out right there. Um, but, look, I mean, it is real. You could sit there and think that it's just a fan thing. It's not. You heard Bobby discuss it right there. Um, it, there's – you know, obviously truth to it. And it is a frustrating thing. It's not, and, and look, this is not, I, I understand from a Mets perspective, you can't worry about anybody else. The Yankees, forget the Yankees. I know they're in the same city. They're not even the same league, certainly not the same division. Forget about it. But it's hard when it's in your face constantly. And you do look at, well, how come they're so great for so long and the Mets struggle for so long? So that's always in the fans' face. It's hard to see them doing it one way and the Mets doing it another and the same thing happening over and over again. I know that really one has nothing to do with the other. You take it individually, right? I mean, the Mets made the World Series in 2015. The Yankees weren't there. Mets made the playoffs back-to-back years. They had good years in 15 and 16, but it was supposed to be their window, their time, and they, they're they not taking advantage of it. They did not take advantage of it. And... Unfortunately, uh, you know, it looks like the Yankees didn't, you know, in the time where they were supposed to be rebuilding, they've just taken off. What happened, producer Mark? No Bobby V, he's done? Uh, he did not answer again. Okay. All right. Well, whatever. We lost Bobby V there. But uh, interesting to talk to a guy who obviously managed against the Yankees in the World Series. Doesn't get any more dramatic than that. And Bobby gave you some insight there a little bit uh, to the batting order stuff and uh, shed some light on how a team could potentially get out of the funk. All right. Well, uh, hopefully your calls don't drop out. We'll get to those next. 800-321-0710. The number to call your calls on Mets, Yanks, whatever it is that's on your mind. It's the Sports Zone. Salicata filling in for Pete McCarthy, the voice of New York, 710 W-O-R. Two choices. Now, you're in the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete, here's Sal Licata. Remember, pairs of Mets tickets to give away. One next hour, one in the 8 o'clock hour. 8 o'clock, we'll also uh, head to Detroit and talk to Dave Burkett of the, I think it's Burkett, 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 however you want to say it. We'll ask him how he says it, uh, of the Detroit Free Press. He is the Lions uh, beat reporter for them. I want to get some insight or at least uh, some answers, uh, if they have any, uh, on this Matt Patricia stuff. Uh, and we'll dive into that at 8 o'clock. Back to the phones. Kevin is in Connecticut. What's up, Kev? Hey, how's it going today? Man, I bet. Well, I just called to say that I'm a lifelong Met fan. I have no hope left. Oh, <laughs> no hope left. I mean, you know, you're you're comparing the Mets to Yankees, and you know, I got Conforto, I got Maps, Wheeler, Rosario, Dom Smith was supposed to be good. A mm. uh, name after name after name, and nothing's working out. And you look across town; they had one year to rebuild. They didn't even have to spend any money, and they have like a juggernaut. And they can, if they wanted to, they could. It would be insane to, but they could just add Machado, just because. 
and we and we're just shocked. We have a our, our GM went out and spent money on on these players. They should have never even have offered uh, Harvey a contract or arbitration. They should have just just sent him away, saved the five million. Swarzak, uh, Vargas, uh, uh, Frazier, Bruce. I mean, we would have been better off with just Arietta and Mustaka. Yeah, Kevin, I was I was talking about that. I was talking about that last night. Thirteen million on Bruce. This is just one year for the first year of the contract. Thirteen million for Bruce. Eight and a half for Frazier. Eight for Vargas. Two for Reyes. Seven for for Swarzak. That's thirty eight. Thirty eight and a half million. They could add Hosmer and Arietta for forty five million. Right, or or even for a lot less, you could have had Arietta, Mustakis, and Lucroy. For like ten million less. Yeah, Mustakas, I'm not sure he wanted to come here, but yes, I get the point. You definitely could have Lucroy, and they only got six and a half. Thanks for the call, Kev. You're right. I mean, when you look at it that way, it's I would, and we talked about this. This is not hindsight. Now, I still think the Mets have the potential to be a decent team, but the moves I would have preferred they make were for the surefire guys. Some good players in here. Bruce is okay. Frazier's okay. Vargas stinks. Reyes should have never been offered anything more than the minimum. And I don't know why he was offered $2 million. I mean, my goodness. Swarzak, okay, whatever. You take a flyer on the bullpen, guys. It just seems every time they take a flyer, or at least the majority of times they sign one of these guys, it doesn't work out in the pen. It's been like that since Alderson got here. Uh, Reed was a plus. Clippard was a plus for a little while. Uh, Bartolo was a great signing, but that wasn't a bullpen. That was a legit signing in the rotation. But he had, remember, this was Roush and uh, Francisco, uh, what was his name, Frankie Rodriguez or whatever it was. Um, Frank Francisco, uh, that was the one for him. Um, the trade with the Giants, uh, who was the reliever? Mendoza for Pagan, that deal that they had there. I mean, it, it's just they, they've missed not all of them, but a lot of them. I'd rather go for the sure fire thing. Quality, not quantity. Back with more of your calls, more Mets talk on the other side. Right now, the news. Here's Jeff McKinney.